Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Well, good morning. Uh, we're going to get started. Peter is in service. He's, there's baby dedication today, which uh, some of you may have gone through once upon a time. We all have kids in here and, and uh, about to have more. Yeah. About to have more. So that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but Peter will probably trickle in a little later and then trickle out because he needs to get prepared for the following service. But let me pray and then, uh, and then we'll talk about today and we'll dive in. God, thank you so much just again for, uh, for this season of life, Lord. And, and we're kind of in the middle of, of a semester and in the thick of things. But God, thank you that you give us rest and respite and we have spring break around the corner. And God, uh, I just pray that we would be uh, people and parents that work from our rest and don't rest from our work. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, so, table time, we, all start, we always start out with table time. Here's a couple of things, and I'll write these questions on the board. Uh, talk about this. What is your best memory with your children? What is your best memory with your children? And then, what is something you've always wanted to do with your children? What is something you've always wanted to do with your children? So I'll write those on the board, and we'll, uh, we'll go into table time. All right, so we just went through table time and the video, and this week we're talking about uh, reflecting instead of reacting, right? And that's, that's uh, you know, I was even hearing <clears throat> this morning, Elizabeth and I were talking, and, and just, just how easy it is to just react and explode and all those things. And so it does take conscious effort and thought to be reflective instead of reaction, because reaction just happens. But let's look at James 1.19, because I think this is a, a verse in Scripture that tells us what we're talking about today and is really important to have in mind as a foundation as we move forward with today's lesson. So James 1.19, James was way in the back of the Bible, right after Hebrews. Um, we're going to get to James Chapter 1, verse 19. And if someone would read that, that would be fantastic. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Or as my dad, the old Brooklyn, New Yorker, would say, Adam, don't think once, don't think twice, think three times before you speak. And... Uh, <laughs> And it's true, right? It's true. So reaction or reflection. What does reaction do? Uh, when, when we react, we're immediately acting on what we think is happening, right? So yeah, as parents, you probably have a pretty good handle and understanding of what's happening most, some of the time. But there's times we react to things and, and we find out later, like, it was not the way I thought it was going down. Um, Reactions oftentimes carry with it anger that is not righteous. So we blow up at a kid or, or we discipline them in a way that, that is really reactive to our anger and our frustration in the moment than it is a just consequence. Uh, reactions don't always give the appropriate discipline. And so, so we want to be reflective. And, and as we look at reflection, uh, reflections... Don't take your child's actions personally. And I think for, for moms, this may be a little 
uh, more concrete because dads, sometimes we don't, we don't take it personally, although sometimes we do, especially when our little daughter says, I hate you, daddy. That's the worst, right? Um, I hope that's never happened to you. But if it has, don't take it personally because that's not legitimate and literal. Um, so, but, but oftentimes moms who are, are usually more around and more interactive with the kids, uh, when they say things that are hurtful because they're frustrated or angry or don't know how to communicate what's really going on, we can take that personally. And, uh, and that can drive a wedge or, or just hurt us and make us want to withdraw. And so we just need to be mindful that what they're saying oftentimes isn't literal. It's just reactive. Um, so, so reflect on that. Also, reflection asks, why is my child doing this right now? Like, there's always a reason, right? There's always a reason. Uh, reflection discerns the motivations of the child. I remember when, when Bella was young and, uh, and she would want something, and usually centered around the dinner table, she would say, you know, we'd, we'd be having, you know, Bethany and I would have a steak or, or whatever, and, and, and Bella would have eaten hers. And so she'd come over and she'd be like, Daddy, what's that? And I was, you know, and I, I would be like, you know what this is, right? And she'd be like, well, do you think I'd like it? So like, you just ate a ton of it. You love it, right? So, so all these things. But I remember we were at uh, Bethany's mom's house, and she did one of those things. Like, we were, we were inside, and the kids were playing, and, and uh, my mother-in-law had set out some, some shrimp and, and, you know, little appetizer. And so we were eating it, and Bethany, Bella comes running in, and, and she's like, Daddy, what's that? And I was like, Bella, what is it? And she goes, it's shrimp. And then she, I go, yeah, you're right, it's shrimp. And then she said, do you think I'd like it? And I said, Bella, do you like shrimp? She goes, yeah, I like shrimp. I was like, okay. And then she's like, uh, what, what else did she say? She said, um, she said, does it taste good? You know, and so she keep, keeps on with this line of questioning. And finally I said, Bella, would you like one? And she said, yes, Daddy. And I said, then ask for one, you know. And, and later on, uh, it, the kids had gone to bed, and my mother-in-law was like, you were a little harsh with, with Bella this, this morning. And I said, well, Patricia, I come from a line of manipulators. The women in my family manipulate like crazy. My, my mom, my sisters, my aunts. And so I'm recognizing this in a three-year-old little girl. And I will not stand for it, so I want to root it out. And she needs to learn that if she wants something, then ask for it. Don't beat around the bush. Don't try to manipulate the situation. Just ask. And so, um, but, but that was her motivation. She wanted something, but at a young age, inherent or not, she was trying to manipulate the situation instead of just ask for what she wanted. Um, and then reflection gives appropriate consequences or has appropriate conversations given the situation. And, and I want to talk about that. Like, the appropriate conversations. It's insane. The, the mature conversations you can have with kids at a very young age. Like, and when I say mature, I mean age appropriate. But you can have conversations. Like, I remember when, when Bella and Grayson were young, and, and Bella's 
this super extroverted, like her mom and dad, and she's always running around the house and playing with things and all this stuff. And Grayson's super introverted, so he would usually be playing in his room. Well, one day, Grayson's in the living room, which is odd, and he's playing with Legos, and Bella's in her room, which is odd, because she's usually flittering around the house. And, and I'm inside, and, and, and I hear... Bella just start wailing, like crying, and she runs in my room, and she's like, Daddy, Grayson hit me, and I'm like, what? What is going on? So I go inside, and I'm like, did you hit your sister? And he's like, yeah, and I was like, it's like, you can't hit your sister. So a little bit passes, and kind of same situation, and here comes Bella running, and Grayson hit me, and I'm like, what is going on? So we have a conversation again, and And now I'm, like, on the lookout, right? So, like, I'm making sure that I'm around where I can see them. So Grayson's playing Legos in the living room. Bella's in her room. And then she comes running out, and she runs over to Grayson and gives him this big hug. And he's just like, bam, right? And so she starts tearing up, and I'm like, come here, come here, come here. So we talk to her. I mean, she's, like, six, and he's, like, three and a half, four. And... I said, look, you know how we like, we like people and we like hugs and, and kisses and, and running around and playing? I said, that's called extroversion, and we're extroverts. Grayson doesn't like that. He likes to be by himself. He likes, you know, that's an introvert. And, and so she's like, okay. I said, so you can always run up to me and mommy and give us hugs and kisses whenever you want. But Grayson, you have to ask. And she's like, okay. And so she got it, you know. And, and then we talked to Grayson about like, hey. Because for him, it was like flight or fight or freeze. And he fought. He was just like, wham. Um, so, so we just, you know, trying to explain to them. Because sometimes they don't get it, right? And so we talked to Grayson about that too. And even at a young age, they got it. And, and we never had to worry about that again. So having conversations is really important as well. Um, Let's look at motivations real quick, because as we start to reflect, one thing that is important is to discern our child's motivations. And here's the thing, and and Karis touched on it. It could be as simple as they're tired, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they're scared, they're, they're they're misunderstanding a situation, or we're misunderstanding them. And so, and that leads to frustration, right? Um, So, so check those, because a lot of times it's like, do you want a snack? And they're like, yes. And then they're fine. Or are you thirsty? Or, or hey, you very young kids, like, let's, let's take a nap. You know, whatever that is. So, so oftentimes, those things are happening in their life. Um, but, but other times, it's a matter of the heart, right? Look at Jeremiah 17.9. So Jeremiah is kind of in the middle. Uh, but if you hit Psalms, it's to your right. Uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 9. And when someone gets there, if you'd read it, that'd be great. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond pure. Who can understand it? That's a pretty crazy verse, huh? Like, I will tell you that the worst advice this world ever gives us is follow your heart. It's the worst advice. Um, now, God created us with emotions. Emotions are, are fine. They're, they're good. Um, but they're, someone once said, 
Emotions are indicators, not dictators. And when you allow emotions to be dictators and you follow them, they often lead you into troublesome positions. And oftentimes as a young child or even a young adult, we follow our heart and we run where it leads and we follow our emotions and it gets us in bad places. So God calls us to follow the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says um, to be led by the Spirit and you will not gratify the sinful desires of the flesh, right? And so these are in contrast. So how do we help our children become Spirit-led? And really this is the thing, helping them discern their emotions, helping them realize that, that when they're overwhelmingly sad because, you know, their friend did something to upset them. Like, they don't have to be withdrawn and depressed and angry and, and, and a brat to everybody. They can, they can go, we can recognize that. I'm sorry your friend did this, and, and I wish they didn't, but you have a choice. You can continue to love people and help people, or you can withdraw and be angry and, and all these things. Another thing my dad used to say, it was funny, we were out to dinner last night and he had lost his wallet and he's 91 and so he obsesses and it's like the worst thing ever. And, and he's older so there's nothing in his wallet, right? He has his ID, he has some credit cards that are like debunked a long time ago and canceled, but, but he likes to feel like he still has that stuff. So, so he's obsessing and frustrated and I said, Dad, you know what you used to tell me when I was a kid? Because he's like, I just, I can't get this out of my head, and I'm so upset, and I'm worried, and, you know, and I'm like, you know what he used to say? I said, Dad, you used to tell me this, Adam, you choose. You can be a grump, or you can be happy. It's your choice, you know, and it's true. We choose, and so you can help your kids start to realize that, and then help them to have an enjoyable time, but, but in that, helping our children with that, pray with them. You know, pray with them for them. Address the situation. It's okay to mourn when your friend was upset to you, when your friend upset you. It's not okay to sit and remain in that state of withdrawal and upset and devastation. So pray with them. Uh, look at scripture, converse, and then practice, right? Like if they're upset, hey, let's, and they're moody, let's practice changing our mind about that, you know? Um, and then. The last thing I'd like to talk to you about is this idea of sorry, okay? How many times, especially siblings, right? How many of you have siblings? Everybody? No. Yeah? Everybody. Okay. Everybody has siblings. So, hearken back to yesteryear, right? You're a kid, and you guys get in a fight, an argument, whatever. And then, inevitably, mom or dad steps in. And they say, tell your sister, tell your brother you're sorry, right? And how did you respond? Rolling your eyes. Rolling your eyes, sorry, right? So here's the thing about sorry. Look at 2 Corinthians 7, 9, and 10. So 2 Corinthians, if you're still in Jeremiah, is going to be way to the right. In the New Testament, um, you've got the Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts, Romans, and then First and Second Corinthians. We're going to read in chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. And somebody read that when you get there, if you would. In 
now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because of your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful, as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. It's an interesting thing. When, when, the kid, when kids get to a point of sorry, are they displaying worldly sorrow or godly sorrow? In other words, worldly sorrow is, I'm sorry because I got caught. But if I didn't get caught, I'd still be doing this. Right? Um, and, it, and it leads, and, and the thing is this, worldly sorrow, when they get caught enough, it leads to a change in action. You know, behavior modification is easy. I know mom and dad are around. If they see me doing this, I'm going to get in trouble. So I won't do it. But when they're gone, do whatever I want. Right? Uh, you guys familiar with Leave it to Beaver? Have I referenced this before? Yeah? No? So Leave it to Beaver was a sitcom in the 50s. And uh, I'm not that old. But I saw it on reruns. Um, so, they, they, you know, the Cleavers were... Uh, Mom and dad, and then Wally and Beaver were the kid, the two sons, right? And so Wally was the older brother, and he had a, a friend named Eddie Haskell. And Eddie Haskell was a super polite, like, hi, Mrs. Cleaver, you're looking particularly nice today. Hello, Mr. Cleaver, how are you this morning? You know, that kind of kid. Um, but when mom and dad were gone, you know, they were always, he was always trying to get the you know, Wally and, and Beaver into trouble. Like, hey, let's go, you know, do this or, or do that, which they weren't supposed to do. And so behavior modif modification only leads to Eddie Haskell, right? I can be super polite when authority's around, but when they're not, I do whatever I want. And this is worldly sorrow. He's only ever sorry because he got caught. Because next episode, he was doing the same thing, right? But godly sorrow leads to repentance, and repentance is a change of mind and a change of belief, right? Um, so I've probably used this illustration before, but repentance looks like this. Uh, I go to the doctor and he says, Adam, you got high blood pressure and you got to stop drinking coffee, right? If I repent of coffee, what am I going to do in the morning when I'm tired and thirsty? I'm going to drink coffee, Right? Because I haven't believed in anything else, right? But when I repent, I change my mind about something and I believe in something. And this is what we have to help our children with, right? If this upsets you, why does it upset you? How do you, how do you, how do you change that story, right? How do, you, how do you alter this in such a way that it's beneficial and you're not obsessed and focused on this and upset so much, but that you can leave that behind and do something else? And so if I go to the same doctor and I say, hey... He says, hey, you can't drink coffee. And I say, okay, I'm going to repent of coffee and believe in water. What happens in the morning when I'm tired and thirsty? I grab water, right? And so are we helping our, are we, are we helping our kids realize that sorry isn't just about, dang it, I got caught. It's about this isn't best for you. Here's an alternative that, that is best for you. So re repentance leads to a change in action. Um, finally, uh, in the last minute or two, here's the thing about reaction and reflection. Reaction is ultimately contempt, and reflection is compassion. 
Uh, in Matthew 9, 35 and 36, Jesus looks out to the crowd and it says they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And basically what Jesus is saying is this, they, they don't get it. They, they just weren't getting it, right? And so a lot of times when, when we look at our kids or, or the situation, we're, we're almost contemptuous with them. We're, we're standing over here going, you can't do that. Stop doing that. You better get over here and do what I'm doing. But if they could, they would. They can't. But compassion goes to them and says, hey, this isn't best for you. Here's an alternative. And then encourages them to that and waits till they take that step and walks with them. Make sense? So we want to be people of compassion. I know it is, like I said, that, that video is just longer and longer every week, it seems. But let me, let me pray. Any, any thoughts, questions, comments before we wrap up? All right, um, so here's some things I want you to think about uh, for this week. How is patience in your life? And pray uh, that God would develop that in you. That is one of the fruit of his spirit. And God is going to develop it, that in you by giving you opportunity to display it. So keep that in mind. Um, what are some practical ways you can shift from reacting to reflecting? Uh, count to ten, do something, right? But take your time. Slow to speak, slow, slow to anger, quick to listen. And how do you become more spirit-led? You know, and just ask God for that. James 1.5 says, if we ask for wisdom, he'll give it. So ask for it. Let me pray, and we'll wrap up. God, thank you so much that you, you give us these opportunities to grow in you and uh, in, in life and in character. And uh, we just pray that you would continue to develop that within us, that you would remind us of the opportunities that we have and that we would lean into you and be faithful. Help us to be reflectors and not reactors. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.